Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This podcast explores all the things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, 3 years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. You can also find me on Instagram at loveLettersAndMixtapes or send me an email at loveLettersAndMixtapes at gmail.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week, I have a question for all of us, and that question is, are we healing or are we hiding? And this question is an invitation into deeper exploration of some of the things that we're doing, maybe a little compulsively, maybe some of our coping mechanisms or our defense mechanisms, or some worn out patterns and cycles that we are just kind of following along with some old stories that maybe need to be rewritten. And like all of my episodes, this episode is not about saying that one thing is good and one thing is bad. It's about focusing on the healing and the hiding and saying, where is it harming me? Where is it holding me back? And maybe why am I doing either of them? In bringing this up, I am not shaming anyone who finds themselves in either of these states. I think that the purpose of bringing up these topics is to figure out if we can release our story about them and come to a position of neutrality. Because we can beat ourselves up and say, wow, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm doing all this work and nothing's working. Or I'm just uncovering one thing and one thing and one thing after another. And it's endless and I haven't fixed myself. I'm not quote unquote better. I think we can also really beat ourselves up about hiding. And why can't I just, why can't I just, that question that always comes up, why can't I just get back to things? Why can't I just do what everyone else is doing? Why do my insides feel this way, but their outsides look that way? We can get really stuck in that and not know how to come out of hiding or not know how to come out of healing because we can get really used to it. We can feel really safe there. So again, this is not about judging. It's about awareness, and it's an invitation to that awareness. So to begin with, I'm almost going to encourage you to just pause, maybe even pause the podcast for a second and check in with yourself. Am I healing or am I hiding? And if you are not in either of those states, try to bring yourself back to the most recent experience with one of these and check in with yourself about what that looked like in your life and what that felt like. And then think about how you experienced this transitional state. 
And what would happen if you just lived there forever? I'm inviting all of you to think about that. And I'm thinking about that for myself, even as I'm talking about this. About two hours ago, I got off the phone with someone and we were talking about this exact topic. And it actually came up because this person was gently, very gently, bringing up that I have not been sharing for a long time. And we're talking years at this point. And they felt that the relationship was becoming very one-sided and that they were aware of it. It was not an accusation, but they were aware of it. And they wanted to make space and always check in and make sure that I felt comfortable connecting with them and sharing with them. So that was beautiful. Just to put that out there, that was an amazing thing to bring up. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot. And I can drop into my own awareness about this in that I feel as if I have been taking this time in my life to heal physically, mentally, emotionally. A lot went on in the last 18 months. And I tell myself I'm healing. And in some ways I am. I'm very much trying to heal my physical body. But if I'm being really honest and I sit with the discomfort, I know that I'm hiding. And one is not better than the other. But when there is confusion about what we're doing or why we're doing it, and there's something that we are unwilling to see within ourselves, that's what I'm always inviting us to drop into because nothing bad can happen in that exploration. We're not beating ourselves up. We're not forcing ourselves into an experience of awareness that we're not ready for. But we are showing up and saying, I'm going to sit with this one second longer than I feel comfortable with. I'm going to sit with this 10 seconds longer than I feel comfortable with. And when we keep coming back to these topics and continue to kind of look at what are we doing? How am I feeling? How am I showing up for the world? How am I showing up for myself? Sitting with that discomfort allows a little of that awareness to come through. So what does it feel like when we're healing? Let's just talk about that for a second. Whether it's a bruise, whether it's a cut, a wound healing is a really good example because there's this harm that happens, right? Something has happened. Either you've been cut or you've been hurt. Then there's some kind of inflammation that goes on. There's an activated area. We can see what happened. It's right in front of our face. We know to avoid harming it again. We know to avoid touching it. We're very sensitive about it. And then it begins to transition and go through phases and eventually gets to the remodeling phase where the wound begins to close or the bruise begins to really heal and become less sensitive. And I'm bringing this up because I want us to think about in our own experience, in that mental and emotional experience of healing. Is that a place where we want to live forever? Or is it a transitional place? And what is the benefit of that? What is the secondary gain of staying there? And it's really important to be gentle with ourselves when we think about this, because I'm sure we've all had phases in our life where we got stuck there, because that healing phase may have been really interesting for us because we're seeing something transform. Most of the time, we're not seeing these things happen in our lives. But as we're healing, we're having these snaps in consciousness, this realization that this happened or I felt this way. And we can almost be really drawn to staying in that place. But what that keeps us from is tapping into the stream of life, from showing up for others, from 
being our healed self. And I understand that there's a lot of controversy about that, that we're always healing, we're always on a journey. And I get that, but I'm talking about acute experiences. If I have had an acute experience with an emotional wound and I live there forever, and I'm not allowing for that transformation process, that remodeling process, what am I doing? Am I keeping that wound open? And what's the gain there? And I'm sure it's different for everyone. And that's why this episode is a question. Am I healing? Am I staying there? Am I allowing myself to move through these transitional phases? Or am I setting up shop where I am and almost getting stuck? And what would that prevent us from? Maybe that would prevent us from feeling strong, from feeling empowered, from feeling as if we had agency. I'm encouraging you to ask yourself, especially when you find yourself spending more time in this place than you would like, and maybe beating yourself up and saying, why aren't I healed already? What is keeping me here? What am I holding on to? You know, I had a friend tell me once that they don't let go of their struggle without a struggle. And I often think about that in healing. And that's not to minimize anyone's experience of it because it's not as easy as snapping your fingers and feeling better. But every now and then, there's something that keeps us there. You know, I've often spoken on this podcast about my own experience with complex PTSD and what that was like navigating a situation where my functioning was impacted. My ability to show up for life as a 23-year-old was halted. It just stopped. And if someone had come to me in a really aggressive way and said, oh, no, no, you're just stuck in your healing, I mean, I would have been devastated. So that's not the approach I'm taking. I'm just inviting all of us to look at ourselves and saying, am I spending too long in this space? Am I creating an identity? And what would my identity be if I allowed this to evolve? And I trusted that I could come back to this healing space within myself if anything else happened in my life again. I always have this space to return to. No one can take this from me. It's really something to think about, and no one gets to tell you what that is. You get to decide what that is. Now let's talk about hiding. Much like healing, hiding can be so helpful. It can be so beneficial. Sometimes we just need to check out. We just need to nurse our wounds in private. And there are some things that we just don't want to say out loud. There are some things that we don't want to know, and there are some things that we do not want known about us, about things we've experienced, about things we've felt. And that hiding, that almost hibernating, gives us that breathing room, that quiet. And maybe we're not actively doing something like healing, like I just mentioned, going through phases and cycling. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're just in the stillness. I talked about this on a previous podcast. I was talking about like the cycles of farming and how beautiful they are and even how fallow fields, fields with no crops, no cover crop, nothing, how those fields are so important in the life cycle. And I think about that in ourselves. How important is the nothingness sometimes, the quiet, the invisibility, the stillness? How restorative is that for us? And I bring that up because I know very often I find a lot of power there. I find a lot of grounding energy. And it's almost like I call all of these parts back to me. 
that have been either diluted or dispersed in the world, and that hiding allows me to do that. So much like healing, there's these very obvious positive things, and then there's the other side of it. And there's that thing I have to ask that younger part of me who grew up in a really unsafe, dysfunctional home that says, oh, you're hiding? I remember doing that. I know why we do that. We hide because it's unsafe. We hide because we don't think we belong here. We hide because we don't think anyone wants us here. We hide because it's just so much safer to hug the wall and be invisible and be a ghost and not be known. And we hide because maybe there are some things about us and about our life that we cannot come to terms with right now. So we hide. And here's the thing. Every single thing that we have used as a coping mechanism, everything that probably helped us survive in really extreme circumstances, at some point becomes a worn out tool. And it transforms into this thing that is no longer effective in our lives. So what does that look like even for me? And I can always use myself as an example because I feel really safe. I'm not putting anything out there that I'm not comfortable with. But is my hiding a bad thing? No. My hiding is really natural for me. And is my healing a bad thing? Absolutely not. Very natural for me. But there comes a point in the hiding where I'm connecting more with that younger version of myself that had to hide versus the empowered adult in this world who does have agency, who is heavily resourced, who is choosing to hide. Because there are still some things that I just cannot say out loud. And I feel like if I walk out the door, everyone will see this blinking red sign above my head. And I just don't think I can handle that. And now here's the other part of it. When we are hiding from the rest of the world, we're also really hiding from ourselves. And I never want that to feel like a condemnation, like someone's pointing a finger and saying, you're doing this, look what's happening. That's not what this conversation is about. This conversation is about trusting the awareness that comes to the surface. Hiding can offer us a sense of separateness, that otherness. And initially, we can feel like we are making other people in our lives the other, right? Like, they don't understand me. I don't want them to see me. They wouldn't get it. Or I can't keep up with them. Or I'm not good enough for them. But the longer we hide from other people in our lives, we begin to separate from ourselves as well. And so there's that relationship, that connection with the outside world and that connection with the self. And yes, is it very beneficial to take that downtime to center yourself, to spend time alone? I'm a big fan of it. I love spending time alone. But when it gets to that point where it's really about preventing us from being honest with ourselves, from being vulnerable with ourselves or connecting with ourselves, that's something I want to look at. And I want to sit with that, like I said earlier, just a few seconds longer than I feel comfortable with. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. 
They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I was listening to a podcast by Tara Brock earlier this week, and I highly recommend her. I think she's amazing. Very often people listen to this podcast and ask for resources, and she is one of my favorite resources. But she was talking about intimacy with life. And one of the things she said in the podcast was that attention is the most basic expression of love. And that resonated with me. And it might sound really obvious to you, but I realized I hadn't been thinking about it that way. So when I am not paying attention to myself, when I'm hiding from others and I'm hiding from myself, it's almost as if I'm depriving myself of that love, of that feeling of acceptance and wholeness. And that otherness that I was speaking about before, you know, usually it's directed outward. And in this case, we are making ourselves that other. And we're putting distance between ourselves. And it can look so different for so many of us. You know, I get really quiet and I have those one-word answers where I say that awful thing that lets everyone know if something is truly wrong with me. I say, I'm fine. That's my version of hiding. And we all have it. It's all different. For some of us, it can be really self-harming. And for others, it can be really quiet. It's not about me identifying it for you. It's about me inviting you to look at what is it like when I'm hiding? And how am I saying no to life and opportunities and connection? That's my version of hiding. It's saying no thank you very politely. You know, what is my no? What am I unwilling to feel, see, or know? What is that topic or that feeling or that thought where just a hint of it stings and I immediately have to put distance between myself and that thing? And the purpose of talking about this is not to say we should always run straight for that pain or that fear or any of those feelings. It's saying that maybe the hiding is a necessary part of this experience, but it's not the final part. And I say that just as much to myself as I would say that to anyone else. And I don't want to mislead anyone into thinking that coming out of healing or coming out of hiding is all sunshine and rainbows. And we show up as our perfect, highest, most evolved selves. It's not about that. It is an invitation when we get stuck in these spaces to look at ourselves and wonder what are the things that we value in ourselves? What are the things that we deem worthy or attractive or purposeful? And how do we judge ourselves? And what parts of ourselves have we declared unnecessary, unlovable, unlikable, unwanted? And how does that keep us in those spaces, whether it's hiding or healing, longer than maybe we would like to be? What is my call to presence? What question, what feeling, what emotion, what thought, what person brings me into this moment, into absolute presence and attention? And how often can being present for ourselves or for others really, really hurt? How often does it bring things to the surface that we have been running from, maybe for days, for weeks, for months, years, decades? being present. You know, it seems like such a good idea, right? And then we get there and we think, oh, this is why I've been running from that my whole life. Oh, this is why I don't want to pick up my phone or answer my email. 
This is why I'm not catching up with anyone. This is why I don't want to be seen. This is why I don't want to be known. It brings our insecurity and our fears right up to the surface and we get to look at them. And while I like to think that we are all in this beautiful space of neutrality where we can just smile and wave at all of those things, I think sometimes they show up and they just knock us sideways with just a look. You know, we just get a hint of those fears and those anxieties and those stressors, those wounds, those things that we just never want to hear about again or know about again. And it can send us into a tailspin. And that makes me think about something else I've talked about on this podcast. Awareness, acceptance, alignment, and action. And when you say those things, it can almost sound like a formula. A formula with a time limit, right? And it's not. It's not something we have to do perfectly. It's not something we have to do well. It's not something we have to do all the time. As with everything else we're talking about today, it's simply an invitation. So inviting that awareness into this situation, whether we are hiding or healing, and really just coming back to that awareness. And maybe you just practice it for a minute every day, just sitting in awareness, letting something come to the surface, letting that horrible thought come up that you've been running from, letting all of those fears just sit next to you for a minute. And then eventually we will increase our tolerance for acceptance. And acceptance doesn't mean you love everything. Acceptance is being at peace with things and saying, okay, you have a space here and I have a space here and that's how it is. And then bringing ourselves into alignment is so key because that's what reconciliation is. It's coming back into right relationship. And in thinking about this topic of hiding and healing, I just think about not being in right relationship, not being in alignment with myself putting something between me and these feelings that are also a part of me. And then that final A is the action. And it's not like we're racing through the other three, the awareness, the acceptance, alignment, so we can just get to the action and get a high five and a gold star. It's not about that. It's about understanding that this might be a lifelong process. It comes up again and again and again. If we're lucky, we get to be in the stream of life and make mistakes and break people's hearts and say the wrong thing and hurt someone or hurt ourselves or prevent ourselves from something that would be wonderful for us. All of these very human things. And we still get to practice this. What a gift. What a gift to have an opportunity to move through this and do just a little bit better than I did the last time. I was talking to someone recently and they were saying how if they are really honest with themselves, Sometimes they love it when they feel terrible. And I so appreciated that they shared that because it's the thing you're not allowed to say out loud, right? Like, oh, there must be something wrong with you if you enjoy feeling bad. And here's the thing. When we feel bad, sometimes it's an opportunity to nurture ourselves, to be soft with ourselves, to exhale a little and throw our hands up and say, yeah, I surrender. I feel awful. I feel terrible. There's nothing else I can do. I'm going to go eat some cereal and go to bed. And it feels great. And that's okay too. No one's pathologizing anyone here. I'll leave that to everyone else. I can be really honest about it and say, I mean, last year I felt sometimes lower than I've ever felt. And it's not like I was calling it into my life, but I was meeting it where it was and saying, yeah, this isn't so bad because 
I get to take all this time to be so soft to myself, so sweet to myself, so nurturing to myself. And I saw the value in it. And I saw how restorative that was, that hiding. And even if I wasn't in a place where I was healing yet, because that definitely took a long time, I can honor that and not beat myself up about that and say there was some sweetness there. And I think when we jump to pathologizing people or going to the extremes when they share something, we really cut ourselves off from that honesty, that intimacy, that vulnerability to not be able to say to someone, yeah, every now and then when I feel horrible, I can take really good care of myself and I can sit in that and that feels pretty good too sometimes. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you human. It makes you someone who wants tenderness and maybe if you're not getting it from the world and you feel like you've been beat up emotionally or financially or you're stressed, that nurturing, that softness, just allowing yourself to almost be a kid, watch terrible TV, make your favorite food and just be in that space where you don't have to be or do anything. Sometimes there's sweetness there. And what does communion look like after a season of hiding or healing? Getting into right relationship with ourselves, not running from ourselves, not running from that thing that we don't want anyone to know about us, that self-intimacy, that self-connection, self-communion, self-compassion, and even that self-communication. Because how often when we are in these seasons, we're not really checking in with ourselves because if we did, God, it's just things we don't want to think about. And so this podcast is not a how-to podcast. It's not what this is about, especially not this episode. But it is a place where we can talk about the things that maybe we're not supposed to say out loud, that sometimes we're hurt, even when we show the outside world that we are invincible. And sometimes we return to that invisibility, to that self-protection, because it keeps us safe and it protects us for a while and we need that in that moment. Maybe we're tired of being strong. Maybe we're tired of being perfect. Maybe we're tired of judging ourselves or wondering what other people are thinking about us. Maybe we're tired of being fixed by other people. Maybe we don't want that attention. That's a really important one too. So what does that presence look like when we're emerging from these states of hiding or healing and we are just being present for ourselves? I'm going to encourage that this week. Even if you feel like, no, I'm not in the extreme. I haven't been doing that. I'm sure there's something in your life that you do, whether it's like endless scrolling on TikTok, whether it's something else in your life where you're just kind of zoning out and you're like, oh, it's not really harming me. It's not really a bad thing, but it's that disconnection. I'm sure it has its time and place and I'm sure that there's value in it. And I love that stillness, but maybe finding moments for presence and self-connection as well. And it brings me back to what Tara Brock said, attention is the most basic expression of love. So if I am not giving myself attention and I'm not checking in with myself and I'm constantly distracted, I'm constantly in otherness, what am I saying about how much I love myself? And I'm not saying we all have to dive headfirst into these wild romances with life or to be completely in love with ourselves at any moment. God knows I am not. But we can be loving without being in love. We can be loving even if we don't even particularly like everything. We can be loving even if the foundation is simply tolerance. 
you know, the topic of this episode came about because, as I shared earlier, I had a conversation with a friend about hiding and healing. And in that conversation, I had a really honest share, and I don't feel like it's too bad to share here, but I said, I'm so embarrassed by this. I am so ashamed, but I just have to say something out loud, and I know you won't judge me, and I know you won't make fun of me, and I'm just going to say it, and it doesn't mean anything, you know, all the things I have to say before I say this one horrible thing. And the one truly horrible thing I said after this 18-month cycle of not-so-great luck and some big life changes, the thing I didn't want to say out loud was that I just want something nice to happen. I just want a miracle dropped in my lap. I want to be surprised by joy. I want absolute sweetness, and I don't want to work for it. I don't want to earn it. I don't want to have to tally things in my life. I just, I want it to knock on my front door. And he laughed and he was like, no, that, that sounds about right. You think that that's how miracles are supposed to happen? You basically just defined a miracle and you are worthy of those too. And it's totally fine. And so that connection, that little peeking of my head above the water and coming out of hiding, that was beautiful. And it was simple and it was gentle. And it makes me think I could probably do it again tomorrow. But the part of that that's most important is not just that I'm a baby who wants miracles. It's that I felt safe enough for 0.2 seconds to ask myself, what do you need right now? What do you want right now? And just that presence to check in brought me out of hiding. And aside from my long-winded intro before I gave him my actual answer, I didn't need to justify it. I didn't need to rationalize it. I didn't need to make a case for it. I could just ask myself what it is that I want and what it is that I need, and I can just say it out loud. And I say that as a reminder to all of us who feel like we're not allowed to. So many of us feel like we're not allowed to ask for something. We're not allowed to say, I feel like I've got nothing. I'm on empty. I would like something nice to happen. We feel like we're not allowed to say that. And so if I can give you anything, I give you permission. Maybe just say that to yourself today and check in with yourself. And I've had this one other practice that I've been doing pretty much because of my little health journey, but I'm going to mention it here because I think it will resonate for a lot of us. My practice has been to just gently place my hands on the wounded parts of my body. And it is such a powerful practice of presence, that stillness, that sitting with that part of yourself that you want to run away from, the part of yourself that brings up fear and insecurity and a story that you don't want to be a part of, just that presence, that placing of hands, that sitting just for another second, one more second, and another second after that when you want to get up and run away from yourself. And I'm going to invite you to practice that this week. If there is some part of yourself that you have been running away from, whether it's in your emotional body or your physical body, I'm going to encourage you to allow yourself that practice of presence. And I wanted to close this episode with a quote from Bo Taplin. Your body is not a temple. Temples can be destroyed and desecrated. Your body is a forest. Thick canopies of maple trees and sweet-scented wildflowers sprouting in the underwood. You will grow back over and over, no matter how badly you are devastated. Until next time.
please take a moment to follow, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform.